Welcome into the Degenerate Gambler, your sports gambling podcast. I'm Robert Ash, the host of the Degenerate Gambler. This podcast brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. On Tuesday morning, we had the preview for the South and Midwest regions. We had Baylor and Illinois coming out of those regions, respectively. Baylor out of the South, Illinois out of the Midwest. Now it's time to preview the West and the East regions. And we'll start with the West region and the number one overall seed, the undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs. They'll take on the winner of Norfolk State and Appalachian State. Uh, taking place, Those two teams taking place on Thursday. This game will take place on Saturday uh, for Gonzaga. Uh, they are the number one ranked offense in the country. Uh, they have the necessary tools to win the national championship. A freshman and projected NBA lottery pick Jalen Suggs has emerged as one of the nation's most athletic and dynamic point guards, averaging 14.3 points, 5.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, and two steals per game. Uh, you also have uh, Corey Kispert, who's averaging 19.2 points per game, drilling 72 trays at 44.4%. From three-point range, 6'10", Drew Timmy, 18.7 points, 7.1 rebounds per game. He dominates the paint. He ranks 11th in the nation in shooting percentage at 67.8%. The Zags lead the nation in both effective field goal percentage and two-point field goal percentage. Uh, Suggs and Florida transfer Andrew Nemhard uh, don't hesitate to push the pace. Nemhard averaging 9.2 points, 4.2 assists per game. Gonzaga is fourth in adjusted tempo in the country. Uh, it's the Gonzaga team that has won 23 consecutive games by double digits. Uh, some of that product of the West Coast Conference, but Gonzaga owns double-digit victories over Kansas, Auburn, and Iowa this season, plus an eight-point win over West Virginia. They ended up with eight quad one wins on the year. Uh, Gonzaga, 99.1% chance of moving on. Gonzaga's moving on, and they should move on rather easily. That'll set up the matchup between Missouri and Oklahoma, the 8-9 matchup. Oklahoma, the 8th seed with a 62.5% chance of moving on. The Sooners skidded into the postseason with four consecutive losses uh, in the regular season. Uh, they do have five quad one wins that were enough for uh, Lon Kruger's bunch to lock up an at-large bid by mid-February. Oklahoma's strength is in its backcourt, led by six foot five senior point guard Austin Reeves, averaging 17.7 points, 5.7 rebounds. 4.7 assists per game. He has guided this team to the 26th lowest turnover rate in the country. Uh, Sharpshooter Omoji Gibson is uh, side-by-side with Reeves. Gibson's hit 56 three-pointers on the season, shoots a team-high 41.5% from three-point range. Uh, they do defend the perimeter well. Uh, opponents only shoot 35.4%. Uh, they do not defend the three-point shot. Well, I'm sorry. The opponents only shoot 35.4% from the three-point range. That's the bottom third of the country. The interior is weak for Oklahoma as well. The Sooners average 185th in offensive uh, rebounding rate and 156th in defensive rebounding rate. 6'9 senior Brady Manick, uh does what he can for the Sooners, but they lack depth inside. He's averaging 10.8 points, 5.1 rebounds per game. Still an Oklahoma team that's beaten Kansas, Texas, West Virginia twice as well. So you can't take them lightly. Uh, Missouri built its uh, resume early in the season. They beat the likes of Illinois, Oregon, Wichita State, and Liberty before the calendar turned to 2021. The Tigers did not finish strong, however, dropping six of its last nine, including a quarterfinal loss in the SEC tournament to Arkansas. 
The trio of guards uh, for Missouri all shoot 30, uh, all hit at least 37 three-pointers this season, led by Drew Smith, along with Xavier Pinson and Mark Smith. Drew Smith averaging 14.1 points per game. Xavier Pinson, 14.1 points as well. Mark Smith, 9.6 points per contest. Uh, each are capable of taking over a game from the perimeter. Uh, Drew is shooting 38.5% from three-point range. Top 35 uh, in the uh, is the only one that tops 35% shooting. 6'10", Jeremiah Tillman's a key cog at center, uh, but he can get uh, into foul trouble, which makes things dicey. Now, Tillman's averaging uh, 12.3 points and 7 rebounds per contest. Uh, again, Tillman struggles uh, with staying on the floor because of fouls. Uh, he's fouled out of uh, four games in the month of March. Uh, senior uh, Mitchell Smith uh, also tries to help things help out a little bit inside. He averages 4.6 points, 4.9 rebounds per contest. Missouri is a team shoots 52.6% on two-pointers. And that ranks just outside the top 50. Uh, but I think Missouri's got enough to beat Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going the wrong way. Missouri's not really doing much better, but Missouri's got better quality wins. I think Missouri's playing just a tiny bit better than Oklahoma. So give me Missouri to beat Oklahoma. All right, next up we have the 5-12 matchup uh, between Creighton and Cal Santa Barbara. Uh, Creighton, by the way, 76.8% chance of moving on. They are the big, big East regular season uh, and tournament runner-ups. Uh, Creighton blasted in their last game by Georgetown. Um, they do protect the ball well. They're only 38th in the country in turnover rate. Uh, they're efficient with, with its shot selection. The effective field goal percentage is number 15 in the country. They're paced by first-team All-Big East guard Marcus Zigarowski, averaging 15.5 points, 4.3 assists per game, shoots 41.2% from three-point range. 6'5 senior Mitchell uh, Blaylock, averaging 10.2 points per game, leads the team with 72 three-pointers on the season, shooting at 40%. Uh, Denzel Mahoney, 12.5 points per game, and Damian Jefferson, 12.1 points per game, also provide scoring threats from the wings. Though Mahoney went cold in the conference tournament with 14 points combined in three games. Uh, they do have a uh, one player taller than 6'7", seven, at 7'0", seven Orion uh, Kalkbrenner, who averaging 6.4 points, 3.17 rebounds per game, I'm sorry, but he averages 14 minutes per game. The lack of size does make rebounding a problem for Creighton. They're 261st in offensive rebounding rate, and they were out-rebounded 49-33 by Georgetown when they lost in the Big East title game. That could end up being a factor as they take on a Santa Barbara team that's winners of 18 of its last 19. Uh, they avenged a pair of losses earlier in the season to Cal Irvine to win the Big, uh, Big West title over Irvine and make the NCAA tournament. Uh, Santa Barbara got big performances from its top players in the championship game. Uh, they're led by fifth-year senior Ja'Cory McLaughlin, averaging 16.2 points per game. Uh, he scored 22 points in that victory for Santa Barbara over uh, Irvine. 6'9 center Armando Sal, averaging 13.7 points, 7.6 rebounds per game. Uh, is capable of posting uh, double-doubles. McLaughlin and um, Elaji Smith shoot uh, over 40% from three-point range. They can knock down threes. Uh, Santa Barbara, as uh, compared to most mid-majors, ranked 69th in Kempom, 61 in BPI, 54 in the net. The Gauchos have not played a quad one game this season, but have zero losses in quad three or quad four. It's a group that is battle-tested, but is battle-tested enough. I think Creighton moves on. Santa Barbara, this is where a 12-5 upset could very well happen, uh, but I think 
I think Santa Barbara's going to, I think Creighton's going to move on. It's going to be a tough one, So, get, but give me Creighton over Santa Barbara. All right, next up, we got the four-seed Virginia, the 13-seed Ohio. Virginia, 86.5% chance of moving on. Now, Virginia did bow out of the ACC tournament due to COVID uh, issues. The defending national champs uh, are selected in the NCAA tournament. They're expected to travel to Indianapolis on Thursday or Friday to play on Sunday. They haven't practiced since uh, the COVID issues happened last week. Um, now, assuming the Cavaliers are healthy, they do bring one of the nation's most effective attacks uh, to this game. Uh, Virginia controls the pace better than anyone probably in college basketball. The Cavaliers are the nation's slowest adjusted tempo team. They rank in the top 20 in both two-point and three-point field goal percentage. Uh, they also take care of the ball. They're top 20 in turnover rate. Uh, they're led by junior point guard Kihei Clark, 9.5 points, 4.6 assists per game. The main offensive catalyst is 6'8 senior Sam Hauser, who's averaging 16.6.7 assists per game. Shoots 43.4% from three-point range. Uh, also inside, they've got uh, Jay Huff, the 7'1 senior, averaging 13.1 points, 7.1 rebounds, 2.6 block shots per game. Uh, but he can also shoot it from outside as he shoots at a 42.9% from three-point range. Uh, but doesn't take as many shots as most other guys do that average in that uh, in that territory. They'll take on an Ohio team that finished regular season fifth in a Mid-American Conference but went through the conference tournament to win the league's automatic bid. They're led by their team leader, Jason Preston, 16.6 points, 7.2 assists, 6.8 rebounds per game. The Bobcats, uh, Bobcats are to advance. Uh, they will need him to continue to play that way. Uh, Preston averaged 22.7 points in the conference tournament. He also shoots 41% from three-point range. Sophomore Ben Roderick joins Preston on the perimeter, averaging 12.4 points, shoots 40.7% from three-point range. The front court, led by 6'8", Dwight Wilson, 14.9 points, 7.5 rebounds per game. Also at 6'8", is Ben Vanderplass at 12.8 points, 5.7 rebounds per game. He shoots 35.6% from three-point range. Ohio's 11th in the country in two-point field goal percentage at 56.4%. They're 13th nationally in effective field goal percentage overall. Uh, no quad one wins for Ohio this season, uh, but they did nearly knock off Illinois uh, back in late November. They lost in the final couple of seconds in a game that uh, Jason Preston scored 31 in. I think if Virginia's healthy and they get a couple of days of practice, I think they can win this game. I think I'm going to move them on uh, over Ohio. Uh, the experience factor for Virginia, I think, is a factor as well. They are the defending national champs. Uh, I think Virginia finds a way to move on. All right, next up, we got the six uh, eleven matchup. USC takes on the winner of Wichita State and Drake. It doesn't matter who they play. They have an 83% chance of moving on, does USC. Uh, they punched their ticket uh, pretty easily. They got one of the best front court tandems in the country. And projected NBA lottery pick Evan Mobley and his brother Isaiah Mobley. Evan averaging 16.8 points, 8.6 rebounds, 3 blocks per game. Isaiah 9 points, 7.4 rebounds, 1 block per game. They hold opponents just 42% shooting from 2-point uh, uh, range. It is the lowest of any tournament team and second in the country. Evans also 6th in the nation at block shots with those 3 a game. Uh, the Trojans rank 7th in the nation uh, for in blocks per game, period. The backcourt's not great, but senior Taj Eddy shoots 39.2% from three-point range. It's hit a team-high 58 trays on the season. Uh, they struggle at the free-throw line. This is where USC's issue really is. They shoot 
64.7%, which is 326th in the country. Uh, three quad one wins, four USC, but no bad losses. Big reason why USC got the number six seed. I think they move on whether they play Wichita State or Drake. Uh, next up, Kansas. Another team dealing with COVID issues, taking on Eastern Washington. Kansas at 95.8% chance of moving on. Uh, 31st consecutive NCAA tournament bid for Kansas. Uh, the uh, Jayhawks finished second in a tough Big 12. They get seven quad one wins, no losses outside of quad one. 11th in the nation in net. Uh, they will be missing six foot ten David McCormick, however. He was the conference's most improved player, but he has... Uh, COVID issues, so he is not traveling with the team and not expected to play at least in the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. Now, obviously, that can change, but as of right now, he's not expected to play. Uh, he's averaging 13.4 points, 6.1 rebounds per game, so that's a lot lost when McCormick uh, on the bench. That means he'll have to rely on 6'8 freshman Jalen Wilson, who averages 12.1 points, 8.2 rebounds per game, uh, as Kansas will have to play small. Senior point guard Marcus Garrett is a former Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. A valuable guarding, uh, valuable option guarding the opposing team's top scorer. Uh, the Jayhawks are sixth in Kimpom, a defensive efficiency rate. Uh, also, Ochai Obabi, Obaji, excuse me, uh, provides outside shooting for uh, Kansas. He shoots thirty-eight point seven percent from three-point range, averaging fourteen point two points per game. Uh, the Jayhawks expected to play. If they can stay healthy, it is possible they can get a, a couple of wins in this NCAA tournament. All right, moving on to the 10-7 matchup. We got Oregon, uh, the 7th seed, a 68.8% chance of knocking off the 10th seed at Virginia Commonwealth. Oregon's winners of 11 of its last 13. Uh, they're one of the most experienced teams in the NCAA tournament. The rotations comprise almost entirely of upperclassmen led by six Three six six seniors and forwards, Eugene Omayuri, guard LJ Figueroa, and first-team All-Pac-12 guard Chris Durarte. Durarte is the best three-point shooter of the bunch, shooting 43% uh, from three, hitting 58 threes on the season. All five starters, however, shoot at least 35.7% from deep. Oregon 19th in the country in three-point percentage at 37.9%. The Ducks get a boost from 6'5 junior Will Richardson, a preseason all-conference honoree uh, after he's been back, after he missed the first 12 games of the season with thumb injury. That's kind of when Oregon started to turn things around. Defense is a concern for the Ducks. Uh, while the offense ranks 16th in efficiency, the defense is 78th. Uh, hot shooting outside, however, could carry the Ducks to the second weekend. They'll take on a VCU team back in the NCAA tournament, but trying to avoid an opening round loss for just the second time in their last six appearances. Uh, VCU 12th in the nation in defensive efficiency. They create turnovers at a top 10 rate of just and just allow 30.5% shooting from the perimeter, which is 30th in the country. The offensive numbers are not that impressive. Uh, they are led by Bones Highland, 19.5 points, 4.7 rebounds per game, shoots 37% from long range. Uh, he can carry that VCU team at times. Uh, the 6'3 sophomore guard has ramped things up since calendar turned to 2021. He's been averaging 21.1 points per game over his last 14 games. Had 30 points in the A-10 tournament opener for uh, the Rams. Junior Vince Williams uh, provides a secondary scoring option, shooting 41% from three-point range, averaging 10.6 points and 5.2 rebounds per game. If Bones can stay hot and the defense maintains its course, VCU could pick up a win as well. But I like Oregon in this one. I think the Ducks move on uh, to the second round where they will take on Iowa. Uh, we'll quickly look at Iowa and 
in Grand Canyon. Iowa with 97% chance of moving on. The Hawkeyes are led, of course, by Wooden Award frontrunner and Big Ten Player of the Year, Luca Garza. Third in the nation in scoring at 23.7 points per game. Also averages 8.8 rebounds per contest. He gets help from wing 6'6 junior Joe Weisskamp. 14.7 points, 6.6 rebounds per game. Shoots 48% from three-point range. Uh, they did lose 6'11 Jack Nunge uh, to a late February knee injury. Nunge averaging 7.1 points, 5.3 rebounds per game. Losing him could be a factor for Iowa as they move through the tournament. Uh but Keegan Murray has stepped up in his place, averaging 7.1 points and 5.1 rebounds per game since Nunge uh, has been out. Now, fifth-year senior Jordan Bohannon does most of the ball handling, uh, averaging 10.9 points and 4.5 assists per game. Iowa, by the way, ranks second in the nation in offensive efficiency, first in turnover rate. There's a weakness. It is perimeter defense for Iowa. Opponents shoot 35% from beyond the arc, which is 228th in the country. If that can tighten up, there's no reason Iowa can't make a long run behind uh, the trio of Weisskamp, uh, Garza, and uh, also Jordan Bohannon. All right, so we have Gonzaga and Missouri meeting in round number two. I think Gonzaga moves on. Gonzaga's proven to be the best team in the country all season. I don't see that changing. Uh, Virginia Creighton should be a good one. I think Virginia can slow Creighton down. Uh, if Virginia is fully recovered from their COVID issues, I think they'll be okay. Uh, so give me Virginia to move on to the Sweet 16 as well. I think USC upsets Kansas, the six seed over the three. Trojans have so much size inside, and if David McCormick isn't going to be able to play for Kansas, that, uh, I think, dooms Kansas in this one. Uh, so USC behind Evan Mobley moves on. They will take on Iowa in the Sweet 16. Iowa will knock off Oregon. Iowa's just, they've got too much, too much firepower uh, with, and no one that can match up with Luca Garza inside. Uh, Garza should have a big game. I think Iowa moves on there. That gives us a Sweet 16 between Gonzaga and Virginia. Moving the Bulldogs along right here. Uh, Gonzaga has already beat Virginia uh, handily earlier in the season. I don't see that changing any. Virginia was one of the few teams that Virginia couldn't slow down was Gonzaga. And uh, Gonzaga will not let Virginia slow them down. I think Gonzaga blows Virginia out of the water. I think Gonzaga will play Iowa in the Elite Eight. Iowa knock off USC. Uh, while Evan Mobley's great inside, he's no match for Luca Garza. Garza and those guards are going to be the difference maker. I think Iowa moves on to the lead eight to take on Gonzaga. These two teams already met this season. Gonzaga blew out Iowa. I don't see that changing, moving Gonzaga to the final four. All right, our final region, East region. Before we do that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll do the East region in just a moment. This is The Degenerate Gambler. Welcome back into The Degenerate Gambler, your sports gambling podcast, previewing one final region uh, and that is the East region. The one seed is the Michigan Wolverines. They will take on the winner of Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern. Michigan, 99% chance of moving on. Uh, Michigan is led by Big Ten coach dear Jawan Howard. Uh, the Wolverines overcame major losses from last, season, last year's squad to earn the number one seed this year. And probably Howard, the National Coach of the Year award, when it's all said and done. Uh, there was a high degree of concern at center going into the season with John Teske going out, but Big Ten freshman of the year Hunter Dickinson uh, proved to be more than physical enough in the paint. Dickinson averaging 14.3 points, 7.7 rebounds, 
1.4 block shots per game. At seven foot one, he's the main reason Michigan ranks second in the nation in opponent field goal percentage, as well as fourth in defensive efficiency. Uh, Columbia transfer Mike Smith hasn't missed a beat. He's averaging 8.7 points and five rebounds per game while replacing Xavier Simpson at the point guard spot. Stellar play coming from six foot nine sophomore Franz Wagner, averaging 12.3 points and three at 6.3 rebounds per game. Uh, and shooting 44.6% from long range gives uh, Michigan the sixth-ranked offense in the country, according to Ken Palm. They, however, are missing 6'7 senior and their leader, Isaiah Livers. Livers averaging 13.7 points, 6.1 rebounds per game, but he's out with a stressed injury in his foot. Uh, Michigan's been very vague on the uh, degree of uh, seriousness of the injury, uh, but they have said he's out indefinitely. I don't have a reason to believe that he's going to play at least in the early rounds of this tournament, and that could be a factor uh, for the uh, Michigan Wolverines, but it won't be a factor in the first round. They'll move on. They'll beat the winner of Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern. Gives us the 8-9 matchup between St. Bonaventure, the 9 seed, LSU, the 8 seed. LSU with a 69.7% chance of moving on. LSU has several pro prospects on their team. They rank 5th in the country in offensive efficiency. Trenton Watford averaging 16.7 points, 7.4 rebounds per game, withdrew from the NBA draft last summer to return for his sophomore year. Uh, he remains the inside next to Darius Days, averaging 11.7 points, 7.9 rebounds per game. The duo provides plenty of offense, but leaves a lot to be desired on the glass, sporting a defensive rebounding rate outside the nation's top 300. The only other upperclassman that sees meaningful minutes for LSU is Javante Smart, uh, the point guard averaging 15.9 points and four assists per game. The major difference maker on offense has been freshman scoring machine Cam Thomas, averaging 22.6 points per game. He may be the least efficient of among the starters in field goal percentage at 40.5%, but he's a high-volume shooter that guarantees he'll be a top-to-box scorer. Uh, the team defense struggles, 125th in Kempom. The Tigers do defend the perimeter at a 30% uh, rate, which is top 20 in the country. And uh, LSU does have five quad one wins and a 3-1 record in quad two. They'll take on a St. Bonaventure team uh, that snuck up on Sunday this year by winning the A-10 regular season and tournament titles. They lack star power, but they're paced by point guard Kyle Lofton, averaging 14.6 points and 5.5 assists per game. She's third in the conference in assist and scored double digits in all but four games this season. Second leading scorer Jared Holmes, averaging 13.6 points per game. Shoots 39.4% from three-point range. He's capable of carrying a team as well. He did score 38 in the game back in January against St. Joseph. Four starters average at least five rebounds per game. 6'10 junior Osun Omiyuri uh, averaging 10.5 points, 9.4 rebounds per game. Helps the Bonnies get plenty of second-chance points. They're 31st nationally in offensive rebounding rate. They also play tough defense, 17th in defensive efficiency. They hold opponents to the 13th lowest field goal percentage in the country. Uh, the Bonnies aren't flashy, uh, but they have fared well in, in uh, top competition going 3-2 and two in quad one. Uh, first round upset uh, could happen, but I don't, uh, and I think it will happen. I think we're taking St. Bonaventure to upset LSU in the first round. All right, now we go to our 5-12 matchup. That's going to feature uh, Colorado and Georgetown. Colorado, 50.4% chance of moving on. Uh, Colorado, uh, 
upset or or were upset by Oregon State in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, Of course, Colorado still got an NCAA berth. Uh, They are led by senior guard McKinley Wright, 15.5 points, 5.6 assists, 4.3 rebounds per game. Tulsa transferred Jariah Horn as a solid secondary option off the bench for Colorado scoring-wise, averaging 11.4 points per game, shoots 42% from three-point range. Evan Evan Beatty averaging 10.2 points per game. Jabari Walker and Dallas Walton form a strong front, front court trio, while Paris Sanders and Deshaun Swartz and Maddox Daniels boost outside shooting. Colorado well balanced, top 30 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. Uh, the Buffaloes um, are the second best free throw shooting team in the country at 82%. However, they lost a close game in the Pac 12 championship game, in large part to 12 of 20 shooting from the free throw line. Uh, Colorado with three quad one wins, seven quad two wins. Uh, Colorado uh, is a candidate to make a run into the second weekend. They're going to play a Georgetown team that is red hot right now. Georgetown won four games in four days uh, to win the Big East tournament. The only way they were getting into the NCAA tournament. The Hoyas are careless with the ball. They are 304th in the nation in offensive turnover rate. They're 193rd in effective field goal percentage. Uh, They make it for it. By the three-point shot, though, four players have at least 30 trades in all. As a team, they shoot 37% from three-point range. Javon Blair made a team-high 65 threes, shot 37.7% on the season, while averaging 15.8 points per game. Uh, 6'11 sophomore Aquatis Wahab uh, fills the role of uh, talented big man inside for Georgetown, a tradition for the Hoyas. He's averaging 12.4 points and 8.4 rebounds per game. Uh, the Hoyas, I think... The four games in four days will take too much out of them. I like Colorado to move on over Georgetown. Next up, we have the 4-13 game between Florida State and UNC Greensboro. Florida State with a 93.7% chance of moving on. The Seminoles only needed one win in the ACC tournament to reach the title game after Duke withdrew from COVID. Uh, in a down year for the ACC, uh, Florida State ended up not winning the conference after losing their last two games of the regular season. That cost them a conference championship. Florida State lost in the conference final uh, to Georgia Tech as well. Florida State does have some good non-conference wins, including over Florida and Indiana. Uh, They also picked up victories over tournament teams, Virginia, North Carolina, Clemson, uh, and a non-tournament team that just missed the field in Louisville. Balance is key for FSU. The rotation goes nine deep and is responsible for a top-10 offensive efficiency rate. The leading scorer is MJ Walker, averaging 13 points per game, shooting 44.4% from three-point range. Uh, they also have a glue guy like uh, Raquan Gray, uh, five-star freshman Scotty Barnes, averaging 11 points, 4.3 rebounds, 4.2 assists per game. Uh, is providing a spark off the bench after beginning the season as a starter. Rebounding, surprisingly, is a struggle for Florida State, uh, a team that's usually one of the biggest teams in the country year in and year out. For some reason, they struggle rebounding this season. 154th in the country in defensive rebounding. Uh, but Florida State does have the makeup of a team that can make a run to the Final Four. They'll take on a North Carolina Greensboro team, uh, dancing for the fourth time in program history uh, under Coach Wes Miller. Uh, Isaiah Miller is the back-to-back Southern Conference Player of the Year. He is the where the team starts and finishes. Uh, he is the their key player. He's averaging 19.1 points, 6.9 rebounds, and 4 assists per game, along with 2.6 steals uh, for a 6-foot guard. That's some pretty good stats. He's the only Spartan averaging double figures. He's also ninth in the nation in steals per game. 
The Spartans do take care of the ball. They're top 20 in turnover rate. They do have some height in, fr- in the front court with 7-1 senior Hayden Koval and 6-9 junior Muhammad Abzaldoblin. Uh, but they don't shoot well from the outside, just 30% from three-point range. Uh, freshman A.J. McGinnis converts only 33.9% from three-point range, but he is the best three-point shooter on the team. Greensboro did not have a quad one win on the season. I don't think they pick up one uh, on Saturday. I think Florida State beats North Carolina. Greensboro moves on. Now, BYU takes on the winner of Michigan State and UCLA. BYU has a 70.8% chance of moving on. Uh, despite losing three times to Gonzaga, uh, the Cougars are 20-6 and six on the season. They had a strong enough resume to get in that large bid and get a number six seed. Uh, three players for BYU have drilled at least 40 trays. Uh, BYU ranks in the top 40 nationally in three-point shooting at 37.3%. Uh, they're led by Arizona transfer Alex Vassello, averaging 15.9 points per game. Uh, he's also 48.6% from three-point range. Purdue graduate transfer Matt Harms anchors the, the unit inside, averaging 11.3 points, 4.8 rebounds per game. BYU 22nd nationally in defensive rebounding rate. Uh, they also have a key non-conference win over San Diego State and also Utah State. The metrics did like the Cougars. They were 20th in the net, 23rd in Kimpom, and 29th in BPI. They'll take on the winner of Michigan State and UCLA, which should be one of the best first four games we've had so far. Uh, you got a Michigan State team that started to turn things around towards the end of the season against a UCLA team that kind of went backwards as the season progressed. I actually like Michigan State to beat UCLA and to beat BYU and move on into the second round, by the way. Uh, I think Michigan State uh, does just that. Next up, we got Texas, the three seed, taking on Abilene Christian, the 14 seed. Texas, 95.8% chance of moving on. Uh, pressure was mounting on Coach Shaka Smart entering this season for Texas. Uh, but the Longhorns had a successful regular season that went on to win the Big 12 title. Uh, the heart and soul of the team is leukemia survivor Andrew Jones, averaging 14.6 points, 4.6 rebounds per game. He also has hit 51 three-pointers on the season. Courtney Ramey shoots 42% from three average, while averaging 12.6 points per game. Senior Matt Coleman shoots 38.9% from three-point range, averaging 13.3 points per game. Uh, the biggest difference is the dominant front court with two projected NBA first-round picks and 6'9 freshman Greg Brown. Averaging 9.6 points, 6.4 rebounds per game. And 6'11 sophomore Kai Jones, 8.8 points, 4.9 rebounds per game. Then add in 6'10 senior center Jericho Sims, uh, averaging 9.2 points and 7.1 rebounds per game. And size is not an issue for Texas. The Longhorns have eight quad one wins, including two versus Kansas. They also have convincing non-conference victories over Indiana and North Carolina. They are a smart pick to move on into the second weekend. They'll take on an Abilene Christian team. They handed top seed Nichols State a 34-point thrashing in the Southland Tournament Championship game. Abilene's in the big dance for the second consecutive tournament. Uh, They stay fresh. They rotate 10 deep. Uh, uh, 10 players to average double-digit minutes. Uh, they go after the ball without hesitation, forcing 20.3 turnovers per game, which is easily the most in the country, and it allows 61.1 points per game, which is eighth in the country. Uh, Seven-foot Colton Cole leads the offense, averaging 12.3 points, 4.8 rebounds per game. Uh, 6'8", uh, Joe Pleasant averaging 10.8 points, and also 6'8", Corian Mason averaging 10.7 points per game, contribute quite a bit as well. Seven players on Abilene Christian has made at least 20 trays 
on the season. The team averages 35.3% from three-point range. Uh, the Wildcats are 22-4 and on the season. Uh, they uh, lost both quad one opportunities they had this season, including a loss to Arkansas. Uh, I don't think Abilene Christian has enough to beat Texas. Texas moves on to the next round. All right, we got Maryland and uh, UConn coming up next. Uh, seven seed UConn, ten seed Maryland. UConn with a fifty-two percent chance of moving on. Uh, Connecticut has been kind of hot uh, towards the end of the season. They finished third in their first season back in the Big East. They won seven of its last eight games before losing in the conference tournament in the semifinals to Creighton. Uh, it wouldn't be a traditional UConn tournament team without a Kimba Walker type. And this year, that's James Booknight. The 6'5 sophomore guard averaging 19 points, 5.7 rebounds per game. He's back to his old form after an elbow injury cost him eight games in the midseason. Howard transfer R.J. Cole is averaging 12.3 points and 4.4 assists per game as he runs the point while shooting 38.3% from three-point range. Now he needs to clear concussion protocol before the NCAA tournament. That's a large issue for UConn, uh, but the Huskies do accept, expect him to clear that in time to play against Maryland. Uh, they have a deep front court rotation. Um, they're responsible for an offensive rebounding rate that ranks sixth in the nation, and they're tenth in the ra- uh, tenth in the nation in block rate. Six six Tyrese Martin leads the way on the wing at ten point seven points per game. Six nine senior Isaiah Whaley averaging eight point one points, six point one rebounds, two point six block shots per game. He's a tremendous rim protector alongside six nine freshman Adama Sanogo, averaging seven point five points and four point eight rebounds per game. The Huskies, if they get Cole back, should move on to the next round as they take on a Maryland team uh, that went 16-13 and 13 on the year. Uh, they were able to replace uh, guys like Anthony Cowan and Jalen Smith. Eric Ayala stepped up in Cowan's place at point guard, averaging 14.9 points, 4.2 rebounds per game. Also led the team in three-pointers with 52. Uh, Dante Scott stepped up for Jalen Smith at the center position, averaging 10.9 points, 6.1 rebounds per game, despite being only six foot seven. Pair transfers from uh, one from Alabama and six nine Galen Smith and six eight Jarius Hamilton from Boston College have also contributed in the front court as well. That trio has helped Maryland hold opponents to forty six point four percent shooting on two point shots, which is top sixty in the country. A pair of upperclassmen and six six Aaron Wiggins and six five Daryl Morcell are scoring threats from the wings and also rebound. Morcell is the defensive player of the year. Maryland ranks 26th in defensive efficiency. Um, They also finished 8th in the Big Ten and next to the conference tournament in the quarterfinals. But they have plenty of length and provide a stout defense that they could uh, pull the upset over Connecticut in the first round. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think UConn moves on. They'll beat Maryland. They'll go on to round two. And that lives us our final first round game. Number two seed, Alabama. 15 seed, Iona. Alabama, 95% chance of moving on. Alabama led by SEC coach there, Nate Oates, the Crimson Tide, or the NCAA tournament for the, just the third time in the last 10 years. Uh, Alabama won the SEC regular season and tournament championships. While Oates runs a relatively deep rotation with nine players averaging at least 12 minutes per game, the Tide played the ninth fastest adjusted tempo in the country. Sophomore Jaden Shackelford is the team's leading scorer at 14.2 points per game. He's the glue holding the team together. Um, actually, the glue leading the team, the, the person holding the team together is SEC Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year, Herb Jones, 11.2 points, 6.5 rebounds, 3.4 assists per game. The 16th senior not only leads the team in rebounding, but also runs the point when regular ball handlers need a breather. Uh, Villanova transfer Javon Quinterly shoots 44.3% from three-point range. 
6'10", Yale transfer Jordan Bruner contributes both offensively and defensively. Uh, Alabama is 10th in the nation in perimeter defense, second in defensive efficiency. Uh, Our missing uh, standout freshman Josh Primo, who sprained his MCL in the SEC quarterfinals and is questionable for the NCAA tournament. With or without him, however, Alabama's proven they have the depth and talent to compete with any of the Blue Bloods after earning their first SEC title since 1991. And Alabama will take on an Iona team coached by the legendary Rick Pitino, who leads his fifth different team to the NCAA tournament, or fifth, fifth different school to the NCAA tournament. Iona won the MAC title as a number nine seed. They upset the top seed Siena in the quarterfinals of the uh, MAC tournament. The Gales only played 13 games because uh, COVID forced them to take a 51-day hi- hiatus during the season. Uh, but they got hot towards the end of the season. They're led by senior point guard Asante Gist, 13.7 points, 3.7 assists per game. Uh, now, Iona is 327th in the nation in offensive turnover rate, so they do have a problem keeping the ball without turning it over. Uh, the Gales do have a strong defense, top 20 in the nation, and lowest efficiency shooting percentage allowed. 6'4", senior leading scorer Isaiah Ross, 18.4 points per game, uh, shoots 40% from three-point range, um, has been impressive this season. The metrics don't suggest a first-round upset, but few teams in the dance Rival Patino's resume, coaching-wise, uh, Iona is a team to keep an eye on, but Alabama is going to move on. So we move on to the second round. we got Michigan taking on St. Bonaventure. I think Michigan will beat St. Bonaventure. I think they've got enough defense, and, and they do score enough to offset a St. Bonaventure team that doesn't score a lot. Plays great defense, but I think Michigan has the athlete, athletes and the uh, the shooting ability uh, to, rem- or, uh, to remedy St. Bonaventure um useless in in that in that game i think michigan moves on to the sweet 16 where they'll take on florida state i think florida state is kind of up and down they they scare me a little bit uh but i think they're better than colorado so i think they'll move on into the sweet 16 i think texas will beat michigan state in the second round as well uh michigan state doesn't have the size to handle texas inside and i think texas will use that to their advantage and they'll move on They'll take on Alabama. I think Alabama will knock off Connecticut and move on into the Sweet 16. That gives us Michigan and Florida State in the Sweet 16. I think Michigan beats Florida State. Uh, I think not having Isaiah Livers is an issue, but against a Florida State team that is not really guard guard dependent, I don't think that's going to be an issue for Michigan. I think Michigan has the guys in size led by Hunter Dickinson that can handle the size of Florida State. I think Michigan moves on to the Elite Eight. They'll take on Alabama in the Elite Eight. I think Alabama has too much scoring for, uh, for Texas. Uh, I do worry about Texas's size against Alabama, but Alabama does such a great job of driving the ball inside and forcing you to collapse and hitting those three-point shooters um, in the corners or on the wings. Uh, they either score from layup, three-point line, or free throw line. They score 90. I think the the, uh, the stat was 92% of their scoring this season are layups, three-pointers, or free throws. And I think that's a huge factor when you play a team like Texas. I think you can suck Texas in, and if their three-point shots are falling, Alabama moves on. They'll take on Michigan for the East Regional title. I think Alabama beats Michigan because of the same exact reason they'll beat Texas. It's the fact that Without Isaiah Livers, Michigan really will have a have an issue dealing with Alabama's guards. 
If John Petty can get his shooting going again, he was ice cold in the, in the SEC tournament. That can be a difference maker as well. I get Alabama moving on to the Final Four. So our Final Four, Gonzaga and Alabama on one side, Baylor and Illinois on the other. I think Gonzaga beats Alabama. While Alabama is one of the few teams, I think, that can match up with Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga is the better team overall. I think uh, they have the better point guard in Jalen Suggs. I think they have the better big man in Drew Timmy. Corey Kispert can do a good job of pulling Herb Jones out and uh, forcing Jones to play on the perimeter, which is kind of an issue for Jones. I, I like this Gonzaga team a lot. Gonzaga moves on to the national championship game where I think they'll take on the Illinois Fighting Illini. Uh, I went back and forth between Illinois and Baylor. Baylor's good enough to be Illinois. There's no question about it. Illinois is just playing so much better right now. And, and Baylor's not the same Baylor team they were before they went on their COVID pause in late February. I'm sorry, in mid-February. Uh, they've shown glimpses of becoming that team again. And then they do uh, you know, do something like they the egg they laid uh, in the uh, Big 12 tournament against uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, I go back and forth. I'm leaning Illinois. Uh, I wouldn't be least bit surprised if Baylor wins. But I'm going to lead Illinois in this one. That gives us Gonzaga and Illinois for the national championship. And for the first time since 1976, we are going to have an undefeated national champion. The Gonzaga Bulldogs will go 32-0. They will beat the Illinois Fighting Illini. And they will be your national champions. That is our preview. You can take our picks or you can make your own picks and do whatever you want to do with it. But that's our picks for the podcast. Gonzaga is going to be your national champion. They'll beat Illinois for the national championship. Uh, and it'll be, it'll be a relatively close game, probably uh, three to five points. Gonzaga will probably end up winning it late. Uh, but I like this Bulldog team. I think they're going to finish undefeated and win the national championship. So that will wrap up our preview for the NCAA tournament. Now on uh, tomorrow, we'll pick the four playing games uh, against the spread. We'll do our bets. And then, of course, we'll bet every game of the NCAA tournament beginning with tomorrow. We'll do 16 games on Friday, 16 on Saturday, 8 on Sunday, 8 on Monday. Uh, and that will get us down to the Sweet 16. And then we'll bet, of course, every game of the NCAA basketball tournament. So until tomorrow... This is The Degenerate Gambler.